part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. I tell me, Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, uh, Lord, oh, how you love us. Oh, how you love us. Lord, I pray that the words in my mouth and the meditations of my heart Lord, would be only of you. And everything that comes out of Jeff's mouth today would, would be from you and nothing from me. Lord, thank you for allowing me to be a vessel today. Lord, I just pray this message would touch one. Lord, uh, that's what it's about. And Lord, we all suffer of something. And Lord, how your word, how your promises tell us it's just short-lived. And Lord, today we're going to look at how, how our outlook, how our hope, how our endurance changes those so it'll be to the future glory lord and that's what we want to talk about not the tent life we're living in now but the eternity we get to spend with you lord we thank you for loving us we thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for us we just ask this in your son's ever so precious name and all god's people said amen Amen. all right last couple of weeks we've been uh talking about god's promises in romans so we're going to do romans 8 18 through 25 today. Really, we're going to go back one verse to 17. Uh, But this week it's no difference, but we're going to talk about passages of current suffering in future glory. So if you have your Bible, get it out. If not, it's going to be on the screen right here. We're going to read through those seven verses, eight verses real quick, um, just so we get our mind and heart ready uh, of what we have. So uh, in 17... I don't think I told her to put 17, so that's my fault. But last week we went from, last week uh, Bobby talked about, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. Once again, we're not just children. And just as that song says, we have the same ability as Jesus Christ. And that is the awesomeness of this word, is that we're not just children. We're not adopted into this family. We get the same right. We get 100%. We can do the same miracles that Jesus did then. If we just have the faith, if we just have the ability, the endurance to do it. So, together with Christ, we are heirs to God's glory. But if we are to share in His glory, we must also share in His suffering. You can't only have the cake. you got to have some other. you got to eat your vegetables. Not just the cake, the vegetables. So here we go in 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory we will will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. 20. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope. The creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. 22. For we know that all creation has been groaning in, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. And 24, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. That's a lot. 
That's a lot. That's a lot to, to, to try to digest. And, and as we go, when we hear the word sufferings, what do we think? This is interaction time. It's not just Jeff talking. When we hear sufferings, what do we think? Pain? Isis and Emily, you're right. What else? Suffering. Disease. Jesus' death. Poverty. Say again. Loss. You've got to speak up because Mr. Jeff is hard of hearing. Okay, my, my, my lovely bride tells me that often. So, Mr. Jeff is hard of hearing, so I didn't, I didn't hear you. But you're right, there's a lot of different things when we hear the word suffering, what we think about. Okay? Um, and and in, your, in your bulletin, there was some passages, I don't know, maybe ten, no, six, seven, seven or eight passages where it talks about, and I'm not going to go over all of them, uh, but like 1 Peter 5.10. Pe- none of these are on the screen because, uh, once again, we talk about sufferings. Last night, windstream. <laughs> en- enough said. Enough said. Everybody knows, everybody knows where I'm going. Um, it was a little bit frustrating. Um, but once again, that was temporary. Because I woke up this morning, and it was on. But when I was trying to do some extra studying for this, it didn't happen. That's another topic. But when we think about it, it's all different kind of stuff. But 1 Peter 5.10 says, In His kindness, God called you to share in His eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you, and He will place you on a firm foundation. 2 Corinthians 4.17 For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Now granted, these are coming out and some of y'all looking at your Bible. What is he reading? This is out of the New Living Translation because it helps me to better understand the word. And, and I challenge you, you know, if you're, if you're just into one, hey, cross-reference into some, some other. Because it helps you. It gives you some different, different ways it lines up. And, and for me, this, this helps me. Because I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box. It helps me understand a little bit better. Um, Philippians 4.10 I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Man, it talks a lot about suffering and I want it. So when we think about it, how do we suffer in our everyday life for future glory? Okay? So, one... We could talk about retirement, right? And some of our kids, they want us to really suffer right now so they can have the rewards afterwards, right? Or what about painting a house? Who loves the prep work of painting? Ooh, right? So that's suffering to get a good job when you're done painting, right? Or... What about students? How many of you, and don't raise your hand, please, because your parents are sitting next to you. How many of you just go into the exam on a whim? Don't raise your hands, please. A whim means you didn't study, you didn't do anything. You said, hey, I got it, I'm going to take the test. 
But no, usually we will study and miss some fun time of doing something else, right? We suffered a little bit to get that A or get promoted to the next level or get that doctorate or get the the lawyer, right? So that's a little bit of suffering. Or what about diet and health, right? Because that cheesecake looks real good over there or that triple pounder burger looks good for a minute until you put it in your gut and you're suffering. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> so I asked four students to come up here. Four students, real quick. Jonathan, y'all come up here real quick. So what I'm going to have them do, they're going to have a little assignment while I'm talking, and then I'm going I'm to let them go. So Drew, this is yours. That's your. That's yours. That's yours. That's yours. Y'all sit on this side so you don't. And, and what I want y'all to do is paint inside the lines. Okay? I want you to paint inside. you got like one minute. Don't get on the carpet. Don't get on your clothes. One minute. One minute to paint. You go. Alright? So, when we, when, if we look back at 17, we see that we are heirs to the kingdom, but we can't just have the good stuff. We have to share in his sufferings. There are sufferings when, it, when we come into this world. Do we agree? Maybe not for men. But there are sufferings when through childbirth, right? And then as you're growing up, there's sufferings, whether it's a broken leg or, or a loss or financial issues in your years, there's suffering. And then as we start to pass or when we pass, there's sufferings as well, right? Whether it's the physicalness of our age, of everything is Everything is deteriorating. Whether we like to admit it or not, every day we're getting older. Every day that tree is losing one more leaf. Every day that car has one more mile on it. So when we think about it like that, there are sufferings that we come into. But Paul is talking about a different kind of suffering here. Okay? He's talking about it for Christ's sake. He's talking about if we're going to be followers of Christ... Are you willing to take up your cross daily and deal with what comes? Okay? So when we, when we think about that, y'all almost done? Hurry up. When we think about that, 2 Timothy 3.12. 2 Timothy 3.12. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. Hold on. Let's rewind. Yes, and who? Everyone who wants to live a godly life with Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So my challenge to you right now, I want you to really think about it. And, and we're going to re, we're going to reapproach this at the end of the sermon. What suffering have you had because you decided to walk with Jesus? And if you haven't, you might want to reevaluate what your life looks like. Okay? All right, y'all can go back. Y'all can go back. Thank you. If you haven't, you might want to think about, you might want to think about that. Because the Bible clearly says right here, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 
So we all hear about the persecuted church and what's going on in China, what's going on in the Middle East, what's going on in Africa. Do we have any of that here? A little bit, but who, I don't know, there's 65 people here, 70 people in, in, in right here, 80 people. Has anyone lost their job in this room because they decided to follow Jesus? Has anyone had, and this one may be more likely, have you lost a family member, not lost by death, but lost contact with a family member because you decided to follow Jesus? Have you given up those friendships that might not be so good for you to follow Jesus? So when we think about what, for Christ's sake, when he's saying there's going to be suffering, but we're going to go for the eternal glory, we get focused on the present. Okay? Because that's how our minds work. We're a microwave society. We want to worry about now. Okay? But so when we think about that, how we look at suffering will make all the difference. And the three things we're going to kind of talk about is your outlook, your hope, and you, how you endure. Okay? Because without those three, that suffering is going to seem like forever. A prime example, a, a friend of mine is in Los Cabos, Mexico, doing an Ironman today. So he's going to swim 2.4 miles, bike 112 miles, and run 26.2 miles. All back to back to back. He's got to do it within 17 hours. Or they say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. So he's got to endure. He's got to have hope. He's got to have an outlook. He's got to he's had to practice. How do you, and this is different for everybody. This is different for everybody. How do you see suffering? And nobody else can answer that for you. How can you see suffering? Is suffering short or long? And that's a trick question. How many years do average person live here on earth? Mr. Shea, you're in the business. How, how, how long is the average life? 70, okay? She's saying 70, she's going on the low side, okay? 70 years old. That seems like a long time, right? That seems like a long time. But when we talk about, when we talk about eternity, eternity is like, eternity is like way, eternity is like way long. Sorry. And when we read 2 Corinthians 4.17, 2 Corinthians 4.17, it says, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. How long? Forever. I'm sure some of us guys have t-shirts that, we, that our wives feel like have lasted forever. Right? But they haven't. They might be 10 or 15 years old, but that's not forever. Right? But when we think about it, it our, the word clearly says, for our present troubles are small and short. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs 
and will last forever. When we're in that mix of that, that suffering, do we look at it like that? If you have surgery, usually within a week you're feeling better. Sometimes, right? On a scale. I mean, if you had, I don't know, Ashlyn, one of our students had, had ACL surgery. She's back at school a week later, you know, going to the football game and doing some of those things. So a week after ACL surgery, she's doing pretty good. I'm sure the first three days she wasn't very happy. But a week out, she's kind of getting back to normalcy. So did, did, did the suffering last real long? Not really. Three days out of 70 years, 70 times 365, you know, what is that, 25,000 days or whatever. And she had seven days that her leg was hurting. Okay? So when we think about it, we have to think and we have to make ourselves realize through His Word, and no matter how long the suffering, eternity is longer. We were driving through Gainesville. We had to go play a soccer game uh, yesterday. Um, I don't know, Cornelia, Clarkston, I don't know. Like, there, there, way up there. And uh, on the way back, we, we came through Gainesville. We had to stop and do some stuff for, uh, for I served. And uh, we drove by Northeast... Uh, Medical Center, Northeast Georgia. And Rory goes, man, Daddy, we've spent a lot of time there and, and a lot of bad time. And I say, well, you can look at it like that. And what she was referencing to, four, a little over four years ago, we kicked cancer in the mouth. and But we spent many days and weeks at Northeast Hospital. But when I, tried, when I was explaining to Rory, I said, hey, you got to look, those are good times because we're blessed with a medical field that will allow us to help and heal your mom. And then we get to spend, I don't know, she probably, you know, she gets to spend another 50, 60 years with me. I don't know if she's excited about that, but <laughs> that's another story, that's another sermon. Um, but when you look at it, we could look at that year as total chaos and total just struggle, or we look at it as, man, that was a year, but how do we get to glorify? How did that make us stronger? How did that give us more hope? How did that draw us closer to Jesus? How did we get to share the gospel with some people that might not have heard the gospel because my lovely bride had cancer? How do we get to depend totally on him because I had no earthly idea as a husband how to take care of my wife, take care of our girls, and still Love on others when something so devastating as cancer attacks your family. But it was just a year in the grand scheme of things. And now we look back at it and we go, okay. And with technology, you get it and go, man, babe, you had no hair. You know, and, and that's the coolness of his word. Because it's short-lived and it's not as painful as what we're going to get to experience with His glory. Because it outweighs His Word and everything His promises for the glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. This only lasted one year. Granted, it was a long, it was a long year. But it just lasted one year. Do we think about it like that? When we're there, do we look at the mountain or the molehill? When we think about it, 
So once again, it goes back to your outlook. Because many people ask me, Jeff, how can you be happy? What am I supposed to do? And, and when we think about it, and it's going to be in your hope and, and some others, if somebody is sick or somebody doesn't have the ability to look forward, who's going to get better quicker? Somebody that has positive reinforcement or somebody that's just, oh, woe is me. Which one probably is going to get better? Positive. So when we, our outlook really, really determines of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Because it's so much that we... There'll be times when people will disagree that suffering makes us stronger and should bring us closer to God. Because when tragedy happens, we don't know how it affects everybody and we don't know everybody's outlook on life. Okay? Because you're right. I, I, am, I am a Jesus freak. I'm crazy 100% of the time for Him. Because I've lived the other life. I've seen it. I'm not proud of it. I've seen it. So now every chance I get, I'm going to share the gospel. And if y'all walk out here today and say, that guy Jeff is crazy, you're right, I am. Because I want to see every one of your faces again. And the only way I can see your face again is if you accept Jesus and He becomes your Lord and Savior and you become just falling in love with Him. That way, this eternal glory that we're talking about, I'll get to see you there. But that's the only way we're going to get to see each other again. And there's no if ands. That's what's so awesome about what Paul's saying. There is, as Pastor Bobby talked about the past couple weeks, there is no gray area. I say this often. You're either for Jesus, everything you do is for Jesus, or against Jesus. A lot of people don't like to hear that. Where your money goes, for Jesus, against Jesus. I'm getting off topic. I've got to stay on focus. I'm Wrap it back in, Jeff. But when we think about it, these sufferings should make us stronger, should draw us closer. A church body should come closer together, should become more like family when these sufferings happen. And that's why the Bible says you have to fellowship together because all of us are going through something. And we're not on an island by ourselves. We have to come together and, and, and suffer together. The second thing, after we talk about outlook, you've got to have hope. Okay, And the Bible talks a lot about hope. The Bible talks a lot. Are you a glass empty or a glass full kind of guy or gal? Come on, give me some answers. Everybody's going to say full in here because we're in church. It's Sunday morning. i got my church face on. Okay? But that's real because when we think about outlook, when we think about hope, we think about are you a glass half empty or half full? That's going to make your difference of what you see the suffering. So think about that. Does a positive, hopeful patient, and I just talked about this a couple of seconds ago, I got ahead. Does a positive or patient, a hopeful patient, heal quicker than, than the other? Of course it does. Of course they do. In Romans 8 24 and, 20, and 23 and 24. Romans 8, 23 and 24, it says, And we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope 
for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children. As his full rights of his adopted children. Including, this is the part I like. New bodies. Because that's another topic. He has promised us. For we were given this hope when we were saved. Hope. As Christians, we always have hope because we have God's promises and God's love. We have to realize that. We have God's promises and God's love, so we should have hope of this eternal glory that's out there. If you don't believe that there's eternal glory that's out there, you might want to revisit some of these passages in here. Because it's true. Just as the Bible says, when we're speaking to non-believers, they have no idea what we're saying. Why? Because they don't understand. And just, it's going to talk about that in, in Ephesians 2.12. Ephesians 2.12 says, In those days they were living apart from Christ. They were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel and did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. They lived in this world without God, without hope. My, my, uh, my family, my mom and dad, my older brother, younger brother, they don't know Jesus. I've shared this many times. My little brother called me a couple weeks ago just at wit's end with my father who's an alcoholic and, and has heart issues and wants to drive a car, but he can't walk more than 10 feet, but he thinks he should be able to drive a car to go to the 7-Eleven to get his beer and do the stuff because... He's 72 years old. He should be able to do that. You can't tell him what he can or can't do. But my little brother is at wit's end because he doesn't have Jesus. He doesn't know that he can rest all his fears, all his issues at the foot of the cross, put his head on the pillow, go to sleep, wake up with a present brand new day and let Jesus handle all that. My brother doesn't understand that. That's the hope that my little brother doesn't understand. He's fighting it by himself every day. And he goes, Jeff, I know you've dealt with dad. I know that you and dad go head to head. I said, you're right. And, 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 you know, I've shared with him, I've shared with him, my little brother won't relinquish his ability to selfishness to understand how I live, how my family lives. But that's the hope that Ephesians 2.12 is talking about. They don't have God. They don't have hope. And that's what's happening to our country today. The hope is gone. And that's the scary part. And then that's going to get back into the challenges that we have here as Christ followers, as Cornerstone, as the Fall Fest, as are you serving in your church? Are you serving in the community to bring hope? To the suffering. And I won't even ask. How many of y'all shared the gospel this week when you were out and about in your daily activity? Because statistics say 2%. So if there's 100, two of y'all did it. I'm not going to tell you to raise your hand because maybe the two weren't in here. But that's the reality. Our world is dying of suffering because they have no hope. And so when we look at current sufferings for future glory, we have to look at our outlook. We have to look at our hope. Okay? 
um, in verses when we talk about childbirth and, and in verses 19 in verses 19 through 24 where, where Paul's talking about for all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are against its will all creation was subject subjected to God's curse but with eager hope the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay for we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait eagerly and hope for the day God will give us our full rights as adopted children, including new bodies, that He's promised. We were given this hope when we were saved. And when we talk about childbirth and the pains, and that's kind of what he's talking about here, is the earth is going through pains of waiting for that new earth that, that, that we talk about in Revelations. The new earth is going to come. The pains, the birthing pains. Women, you understand it, that you know as the pains get more intense of birth, that soon something good is happening. This joyous miracle that only Jesus, only God can, can create. But that's what he's talking about here. Is I know it's weird and it sounds crazy, but they're eagerly awaiting for the sin that Adam and Eve caused that trickled down for that all to be washed away. And the only way that's going to be is, is the second coming in the new earth, in the new heavens. And, and that's what it's talking about, the birth pains, because that's the only thing he can relate that we understand that the closer that birth gets, the windows contractions are 30 seconds apart. Hey, ladies, you're not happy. You're not happy. And it talks about it in the Bible when, when the earthquakes are going to come and, and all the famines and everything that's coming. That is when the pains are going to be over. So our outlook and our hope. And then endure. How much endurance do you have? So in, in 25, 825, it says, But we look forward to something we don't yet have. We must wait patiently and confidently. Who likes waiting? As we go back to this cancer story, Bob, you like waiting? Yeah. <laughs> As we go back to our cancer story, I would accompany my wife to these appointments I don't know why they make appointment times you get there ahead of time because you want to be a good steward of their time and my time we get there we check in two and a half hours later my OCD is is, I mean my ADHD is already off the chart because I'm pacing the floor Going to the receptionist, what's going on? Is the doctor alive? You know, I don't know. My wife was saying, hey, that's not me. That's not me. But do you get frustrated easily with your sufferings and do you want to quit? None of us ever like to say we want to quit. But how many times has that loss of a job, that loss of a relationship, missed the promotion? How many times did we just sit and say, 
I'm done. I'm done. God, what do you have it against me? What have I done? Am I reaping the fruits from my parents? And, 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 and you know, the generational sin, is that what's happening? That's not it. We can't quit. We got to endure. We got to finish the race. And with that, when we talk about enduring, are you trusting God's promises or are you going through Scripture and looking at the ones that you want to look at? Because if so, you probably don't want to look at any of these. Because these are the ones that tell us if we want to be children of God, if we want to be joint heirs, if we want to get that crown, if we want to stand there with Him, there's going to be some suffering. Now what we make of that suffering, once again, our outlook, our hope and how we endure are going to change those current sufferings for future glory. Did Jesus give up during his sufferings? How many of us would have checked out? I mean, come on, be real. I mean, we get an ingrown toenail, we're done. We get a toothache, don't talk to me, right? He bared it all for us. And he kept going, kept going, kept going. Because he knew it was the right thing. Because he knew the outlook, or he knew the outcome. Obviously he had hope, and he wasn't afraid to endure. He wasn't afraid to endure. Did Paul give up during his sufferings? Once again, you don't, I'm not looking for How many of us, if we're locked in prison are going to be joyous. I, I, think of the, I think of the Middle East. You go over there, you share the gospel, you get locked up, you get beaten, and they're excited about it. We're afraid to go talk to somebody at the gas station and ask them if they want to come to church. They went to prison for trying to hand someone a Bible under a stack of papers. Maybe never to see the light of day again. That's suffering. Once again, a lot of us probably have no idea who our neighbors are. We got a fall festival today. Those people are in suffering. Whether you want to admit it or not, whether you're trying to keep yourself like, I'm the good Christian guy, I'm the good Christian girl, and you know, that's what they do is, is what they do. You're right. What they do is what they do. But we've all been commissioned to go out there and love on them and, and end the suffering and bring them hope of this eternal glory. And I asked this a little bit earlier. Have you ever experienced suffering for following Jesus? We live in the greatest country in the world. The greatest country in the world. Undeniable. Some of that suffering is coming here. Think about this. Oregon, a month ago. Gentleman comes into school. Ask people to stand up. Are you a Christian? If they said yes, they were shot and killed. If you didn't say anything 
or you said no, you took one in the leg. So if you're the sixth person in, or you're the last person, let's put it this way. Let's make this, let's up the ante, because I used to be a gambling man. Let's up the ante. You're the last one. Nobody else is looking. He gets to you. What do you do? He asks you. Do you say you're a Christian and take the immediate suffering? Or do you deny the one true king? Whether by saying nothing or saying no and take one in the leg because you know nobody else will know. And you walk out of the building or they carry you out on a gurney. Current suffering. Now that's to the extreme, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That's to the extreme. But that's what's happening overseas. That's what's coming here to America. Would you be willing to take the current suffering of dying for the one true king? Or would you take two steps back and let everything go ahead of you? That's real. That's real. What if our brothers and sisters in, 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 in Asia, in China, in, in, in the Middle East, in Africa, what if they quit? What if they said, I'm not going? What if they said, I don't want to share the gospel where I could get killed? What if I don't want to share the gospel where I could go to prison? How many people would not enter the kingdom if they weren't willing to suffer? For it. In Romans, did I write it down? Romans 8.35. And we're going to get to this in a couple weeks. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? It doesn't. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? No. No. I know some of y'all been raised in church all your life. So you said, Jeff, you're, you're just crazy. And I am. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know all the Bible, Bible studies. I don't know all the old hymns. I don't know Sunday school. I never went to youth camp. I didn't have any of that. I should be in the gutter dead. I should. I suffered a lot. But I had no idea because I thought Jeff did it all. I thought Jeff made the paycheck. I thought Jeff bought the house. I thought Jeff did all that. What a lie I was living. And now I know Jesus, and I want everybody to know Jesus. And can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Stop blaming Jesus. Stop blaming Jesus. Did He allow it to happen? Yes. But it's probably our choices that put us in that situation. Stop blaming Jesus. Or are you persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, we're not. We live in America. So over there, what I had the kids do was, I hope this works, was because we know, we know how much we despise taping and suffering to have a good outcome 
But when you think about it, it pays off for the eternal, the eternal glory. Because when you look at it, this looks like a pretty good square, right? What about this one? You can tell what it is, right? But does it have sharp lines? No. Why not? There was no tape or there was no suffering on the first part by me of trying to make it look pretty like this. Right? So when we think about it, where are you at? Are you willing to put in the extra time and make it look pretty? I'm not saying this isn't pretty. But this isn't inside the lines. We didn't... This could all be done, just like I said, to go take a test in a matter of a second. To c- closing, you've got to have outlook. You've got to have hope. You've got to endure. Okay? You've got to endure. Francis Chan... Francis Chan has a, a little... A little thing. Q, come here, bud. I might have made a mess. Q, grab the other end, brother. It's probably in here somewhere. But Francis Chan has it. Take it. Walk, walk. Francis Chan has a demonstration. Okay? When we talk about current sufferings, go all the way around, Q. Keep going, brother. Keep going. Francis Chan, keep coming, Q. Come on, man. All right, keep going, keep going, keep going. Go around that way. All right, you're good. Drop it. Thanks, Q. You can go back. So Francis Chan has a demonstration, and this is exactly what we're talking about right here when we talk about current sufferings and eternal glory. So if you look, there's a little bit of tape on the end of this rope, okay? That's our life. That's your 70, 80 90, 100 years, right there, in that little piece of tape, okay? The rest of this tape is eternity, this rope, is eternity we get to spend with Jesus. So it went all the way around, y'all, but this is what we're worried about, that quarter of an inch, your 80, 90, 100 years are in that quarter of an inch. How much suffering can we put in there? How long does it last? How painful is it? Because revelations clearly tell us, and these scriptures clearly tell us, His glory outweighs anything that we got. Anything. So if you look at it, the grand scheme of things, you want to live in this? Or you want to live... In this. Where are you going to live? That's a big difference. That's a huge difference. As we close today, really think about your outlook, your hope, in your resolve or your endurance of what it means. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. 
Lord, we thank you for sending your son. Lord, we thank you for the sufferings. As crazy as that sounds. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that your son didn't give up, didn't quit when he had every right to because he was the perfect one. Lord, my prayer is, Lord, if there's that one person in here, that one student, that one parent, grandparent, Lord, if they're struggling with those sufferings, Lord, you'd speak to them today. Lord, if anyone in here doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, they would come talk to Pastor Bobby, myself, or we can bring a young lady up here. Lord, if anyone's got any prayers that they want lifted up, that they want prayed with, step forward. The altar's here. The altar's not anything special. It's not. That's just you saying, Lord, I need you. I need you today, tomorrow, and forever. Lord, my prayer is that the outlook, the hope, and the endurance of this family that we call Cornerstone, Lord, would never give up. Lord, and the sufferings are short. They might seem strong at the moment, but your word tells us your love and everything outweighs and lasts forever. Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, we pray for Fall Fest. Lord, let us have a good time of fellowship. Lord, just let us love on the community well and let Cornerstone be that lighthouse in this community that's suffering. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And all God's people said... listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.